Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey everyone, my name is Christopher Price, the Boston Globe. Welcome back to another edition of the Patriots Report here on the Believe Network. We're going to get to our show first. Want to let you guys know this edition is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information for live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B L E A V 5 0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now let's get to the show. Preseason games have started. Patriots and the Giants kick things off. Gillette Stadium Thursday. Got the Patriots and the Panthers on Friday. I want to get your take on this. From a player's perspective, how does Bill approach these preseason games? We've heard he likes messing with guys a little bit. Is that true? Uh, I'm going to say when it, when, it comes to, when it comes to him messing with guys, um, I, think that's a, I think that's a fine line. Mm-hmm. Because uh, um, one thing that he does do is whenever the, whenever you I mean you play your first game, obviously your starters get some burn. Your second game, your starters get a little bit more burn. Your third game, you keep them in there till at least halftime. He takes those games serious because that's an evaluation time for him. But mm-hmm. the fourth game, I mean, you might have so it's it's usually separated. Um, I don't know if Bill has ever told you guys this. I don't know if he wants me to tell you guys this. But it's not like no game plan shit like. Mm-hmm. It's usually separated in, in the fourth preseason game. <laughs> and me, 12, you know, James, probably Dion, you know, those guys, Dev on the defense. We don't practice with we don't practice with the guys. Mm-hmm. We work out. Um, and we have our meetings that are geared towards week one. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I when I was there, it was Josh that ran the offensive meetings for these guys that's going into the preseason. Or, you know, they might let Dayball call the players for the fourth preseason game. You know, um, I, remember, I remember at one point, Dayball was calling the offense for the, for the fourth preseason game while Josh and Bill and them got us ready for the actual regular season game. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the joking, the joking with us, He'll do that because obviously we're not playing. We're not getting ready to go to war for that week. So he will do that with us. Hey, man, you know, you guys are playing this week. Get your head out of your ass. Pay attention. Like, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you're out there and, and cheer, your, cheer your teammates on. Don't be a mm-hmm. dick. You know, make sure you're out there and just, you know, cheer your guys on and, and they know that, you know, that, that you support them. You know, um, I know back in the old days, they, you know, they didn't play a preseason game. They used to go out there, you know, with some dip in their mouth. 
you know, back this this way back before before I was even thought about, you know what I'm saying, dip in the mouth, you know, they might have a drink or something on the side, cigarette, you know, so uh, <laughs> that's the old days. But, you know, now nowadays, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more laid back um, and, and, you know, it's a lot more of an aggressive approach when it comes to the guys that are playing mm-hmm. versus the guys that are not. You get that. You will get that cheerful, joyful, you know, clowning and joking side of Bill whenever you're not having a game. Obviously, there's a bunch of knee-jerk reactions from the first preseason game. You know, this guy should be starting. This guy should be sitting. Get this guy out of here. Get this guy running with the first-team offense, defense. What's the most important thing that fans and media need to keep in mind when it comes to assessing at least these first couple of preseason games? Man, it's about the repetition. You're trying to clear things up. You're trying to you're trying to make sure that, you know, all these guys are being on one accord whether it's the starters, the third, fourth, whoever, you know, you want to make sure they're all being on one accord. Um, you want to make sure that you can go out there and efficiently call plays without having guys, you know, not knowing what they're doing or, you know, having to ask the quarterback all the time or, you know, that's what this, that's what the, to me, that's what I take out of preseason. That's what it's about. It's just about getting the reps, getting used to, you know, playing another outfit, getting used to how to, how to, how to study and, you know, what kind of what kind of game plan or what kind of offense we're going to be we're going to have moving forward? So, you know, obviously, they're not going to show you everything in the preseason, but we know, you know, okay, we're going to go into the season every every year. Bill goes into the season want, wanting to run the football and stop the run. That's that's a no brainer, you know. But depending on you know what parts you have, it might be a little different. You know, we might not we might not go into the game running outside. You know, we might not go into the season running the outside zone left and right because. We don't know if we got the guys to block it at first, you know. Now, granted, week three or four or five, we might start doing it because the reps. So I just tell people, you know, fans and stuff, when it comes to the preseason, you can't, you can't just, you can't just pick and pick and choose little certain things that you see with a player or with the team and say, hey, get that out of here. Hey, throw that away. Hey, man, get this guy replaced. You can't, you can't do that because. For instance, if you look at the, I think the, the Saints or maybe the Vikings, I don't know, but one of these guys haven't won, mm-hmm. haven't lost a preseason game in like three years. The They're Ravens, like twenty-eight yeah. and zero. The Ravens, the Ravens, yeah, yeah. yeah bro, twenty-eight and zero. You know what I'm saying? But in the last three years, last year they lost seven. The year before, I think they lost like maybe three or four. The year before that, I'm pretty sure they lost like three. Or, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you can't if if we put if we put as much emphasis on the on the preseason games as they did. You know, I mean, the, the Ravens winning the Super Bowl for the last three years, they're going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do you prefer joint practices or preseason games or does it matter to you? When it comes to the joint practices, I'm going to say this. It's always good to hit another outfit. You get mm-hmm. tired of hitting your guys every day, every day, every day. You know what I'm saying? So. It's always good to hit another outfit, which is which is why, you know, the testosterone level a little bit higher. You know, everybody's just a little bit more aggressive. Every, you know what I'm saying? Everybody probably walk around. They probably walk away, you know, where if they broke this play up against me, but it is, it's against their guy, they might get rowdy. Yeah, I told you. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. I stopped that shit. We do it all the time. You know what I'm saying? So it brings a different energy level into practice whenever you're practicing against a different outfit. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times when you plan to, when we practicing against each other, you don't have a lot of live reps. But when you go against another team, you know, some them reps, them reps become live. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's another way for guys to showcase what they can do. Okay. I probably ain't been doing that well against our guys, but I mean, shit, our guys probably one of the best defenses in the league. So, you know, and they're disciplined and this, that, and the other, you know, so, but we go against these guys, you know, I might turn up a little bit. I might run somebody over and keep on going, talk some shit, point to the sideline. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the intensity. And that brings up the level of competition. That's what I like. It brings up the level of competition. I'm going to compete harder against this guy that I don't know versus the guy that I'm never going to play against in a game. And you got Patriots, Panthers, joint practices this week in Foxborough leading up to the game on Friday. I think that'll give people a pretty good idea, at least more of an idea from what we saw Thursday night as to right. what to expect really as this team kind of starts to take shape moving forward. I ha- If I had to guess... I imagine I looked up your numbers. Imagine your favorite preseason, at least in New England, was 2013, a year where you put up some good numbers. You had some good yards per carry. You also had a 51-yard touchdown run that preseason against the Eagles. Tell me about that play. And maybe aside from the touchdown, what made that such a great run and such an enjoyable preseason for you? I want to say, and that was what, 2000 and. 13? 13, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I want to say that was probably uh, my first season with the Pats. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I, I didn't know what to expect. I had just got traded from a team that I, I, you know, obviously I love the organization. I love, you know, my teammates. I just didn't have – I just didn't have the same kind of feeling towards the head coach. So I think that for me personally, that probably revamped me. Mm-hmm. Like the trade – because they drafted Doug in the first round that year, you know, and granted, Doug did his thing. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Doug. Doug was a great – he was a great running back. He just wasn't – he just wasn't nicer than me. I don't think that he was. I think that we played a preseason and, and we both kind of like leveled out and played pretty good. And then, you know, eventually, you know, Doug and Ray Rice are pretty similar. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, everybody has their preference, which is cool. You know, that don't mean that your preference is better. It just means you got a preference. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got traded to New England, I just didn't know what to expect. I was still wet behind the ears. You know what I'm saying? I'm still young. This is an organization that, you know, everybody keep on telling me, like, bro, you go there, bro. You ain't going to like it. You ain't going to like it. It's like a military. They're going to be on your ass. You can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go out. Da, da, da. And so they kind of kind of amped me up to feel like, ah, shit, bro, I'm going to go over here. It's going to be, ah, I ain't ready for this. Mm-hmm. Um and um, I got there. They greeted me with open arms. Bill, Josh, everybody, Ivan, you know, they was like, bro, snap, bro, you know what I'm saying? 12, you know, hey, man, I'm a big fan, bro. I liked your work. Da, da, da. And I'm like, bro, I only played a year in the league. You know, I, you know, I, I played a year, you know, two years in the league or whatever. So I'm, I'm already juiced at that point because everybody knows who 12 is. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it just kind of that, – that welcoming just kind of made it a lot more – receptive to the Patriot way, if I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see these guys enjoying it. These guys having fun. They're obviously winning. The formula is right. Shoot, I'm trying to go out there in the preseason. And, and when I approach training camp, I'm trying to go out there. And I don't know Stephen Ridley and none of these guys at first. Uh, Shane. I know Shane because he played at Cal. They, they beat us there. I remember. I'll never forget it. But, um, yeah, and Shane and Red, we got these guys there. You know, they welcome me. What's good, LG? Da, da, da. Cool, cool. Now, after that welcoming, I'm like, bro, it's it's com- it's competitive mode. It's go time. Like everybody like me. It seemed like it's nothing like what everybody said, or maybe it is, but I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I approached camp, 
with the mentality like, bro, I already had my, I already had my spot basically given away in Tampa. I'm all the way back to the bottom again, behind Shane, Red, B, and I forget who the other. It might have been one more guy. That was a that was that was a uh, a crowded room. Yeah, came into. A, a crowded room full of number of talent. Everybody's mm-hmm. talented. Like you ain't gonna get no drop off with anyone. So I just went into camp with that approach, and you know, anytime I ran the football, I know they probably was mad at me. Anytime I ran the football on like any scout team or anything, I'm trying to run them over. Like I'm trying to stiff <laughs> arm. I'm trying to do some extra to just get build a notice. Like okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And um, you know, we got to our preseason games and stuff. And we you know we did our thing, and I had that run against the Eagles. It was an outside zone to the left, um, <laughs> and you grow up. Even now, my kids are 12. You know, even at nine, you when uh, my son first started playing tackle you know, nine you, I always tell him like, bro, do not reverse the field, bro. Don't lose yards. Don't reverse the field because he think he's fast. He think he just the most shifty is. You can't mm-hmm. tell him anything. And man, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at him running screen and he reversed the field and reversed the field. And I'm over here about to have a heart attack. Everyone thinks, out. everyone thinks they're Marcus Allen in that moment. Yeah. You know, to run from the Super Bowl. Everybody. And they, they think they Marcus Allen with Tyree kill speed. <laughs> Everybody think that, you know what I'm saying? And and uh, I always preach that. And then that one time, you know, I had that run. I'm like, I'm, I'm running and I'm like, okay, I want to get to the edge. There's no edge. Mm-hmm. I want to cut it up. My guy got beat on the outside, so I can't cut it up. And I kind of, kind of like took like a little, little hop step juke. And I'm like, oh, let's get it. You know, <laughs> I'm going back. This, I'm going back this way. I don't see anybody. You know, and I seen and, and I, I seen one guy that I had to beat, um, Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he was paying attention to the play at the time. Like I really don't think he was paying attention to the play because if he was, he would tackle me. And I, I I cut back cross field, and then I, I I put my foot in the ground where Brandon Graham was chasing me, and I cut up. And I think when I cut up, he kind of like I don't think he was paying attention. Uh-huh. And when I cut up and I and I got past him, I knew immediately, oh, I'm gonna score. I'm definitely going to score. And I seen a guy kind of taking an angle on me. I'm tired already. I done ran 50 yards. Um, and Sudfield, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I think, is it Nate? No, it's not Nate. Nate. No, Zach. 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 The brother. Yeah. Zach Sudfield came out of nowhere. Ran in front of him. I'm like, yes, I'm a score. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dang, it would have been a nice run. You know what I'm saying? If I, if I, you know, if this guy tackled me or whatever, it's still like a, you know, 20 yard run or whatever. And I seen him kind of just, striking and running in front of me. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's go, Zach. He pushed the guy and I kind of jumped over the edge and I'm like, yes, sir. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of dapped me up and greeted me and, you know, Talia was like, I told you so, Bill. He a big playmaker. I told you. You ain't going to regret trading for him, yada, yada, yada. And from then on, from then on, it was Bill, Josh, everyone. It was, it was good. I got cussed out, but I got, you know, you know, I got some positive reinforcement as well, mm-hmm. but I still got cussed out. Cause why'd you why'd you get cussed out? You know I <laughs> <laughs> hey Bill do not preach that running sideways yeah. shit, man. Never. Yeah. I don't care if you Tyreek Hill fast, it doesn't matter. He wants you to get upfield, you know, upfield. So he was like, Yeah, yeah. It was nice. It's the fucking Eagles. You know what I'm saying? Or you know, it's the preseason. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, it's like, yeah, we're not doing that shit. We're not doing it. We're just not. Yeah, it's a was nice that in the, was that the film next the next day? Was that the film session the next day? Oh no, no, that was just personally to me. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. that was just personally to me. In the film session, you know, oh good play, LG. Da, da, da. 
You know, he kind of threw like the, hey, we're not going to, don't make this a habit. We're not reversing still. You're 250 pounds. Put your shoulder pads down. Get downhill. You might break the tackle and still score a touchdown, yada, yada, yada. You know, but at that time, I ain't, I'm feeling myself. You know, I'm like, man, <laughs> shit, I got a reverse feel. You can't call me, you can't call me a power back anymore. I'm a scat guy now, you know. <laughs> What's the most important thing for running back specifically when it comes to preseason games? Is it getting hit? Is it getting into a rhythm? What's the thing that running backs have to take away from these games if they want to be ready for the regular season? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the one of the biggest things that you can take away from the game if you want to be good in the regular season is um man the repetition know the plays New England's playbook is is huge really complicated a lot of terminology so your best chance as a back I don't know if, I mean if we're talking about drafted or undrafted it doesn't really matter. Your best chance at running back, and I say this on any team, know what you're doing so you can play full speed. Not knowing what you're doing, you're going out there and they, hey, you good? And you, yeah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And they call the play and you out there like, or you might ask the quarterback, hey, hey, what I, what I got right here? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you don't got a lot of Tom Brady's. You know what I'm saying? So they might, they might look at you like, hey, just block. <laughs> like, bro, you, you go to the sideline, bro, you're supposed to be on the route. You know what I'm saying? So stay in the playbook, especially if, you, if you're if you're on the New England Patriots. You have to stay in the playbook. You have to know what you're doing. You have to make sure that you can play full speed at all times because that'll get, that'll get you more playing time than anything. Them being comfortable putting you out there knowing, okay, I ain't got to worry about him messing up. I ain't got to worry about him messing up. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's one of the biggest things I can give to a running back because, again, bro, the physicality is there. You guys, the tackling and all that stuff, they should be used to it, especially coming from college. They should be used to it because they just got done playing, what, in January. Mm-hmm. You know, so the hitting and all that is, is cool. Just, you know, adjust to the speed of the game and adjust to learning, being able to learn on the fly, like being able to take a meeting – Take a meeting that you had at 7.30 and apply it to practice at 10.30, everything that they taught you. So I think that that's a huge thing, and that's that's what's one of the major things for James White and uh, and Deion Lewis and Brandon Bolden. Those guys, like it's nothing. As soon as you put it in, as soon as you put it in, as soon as you put it in, I had a little trouble. You know what I'm saying? Because most of my work was usually the first and second down guy. So if I do get thrown in on some third down stuff, like I I know is I already I'm, I'm gonna know what it is because it's gonna be specialized for something that I can do. Mm-hmm. Like it's not gonna be third and twelve. Laguerre lined up on the outside and run a hitch convert. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's gonna be third and three, third and four. Hey, we might run the ball. We might play action. We might have you check down. You know, just things like that. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was, it was easier for me than them, but they picked it up so quickly and so smoothly that they never really had a problem. I want to circle back around a little bit, talk more about James White a little bit later on. I'm glad you bring him up. He re- announced his retirement, and I know you got a James White story. Probably got a couple of James White stories you want to share with us. But the Patriots this year, specific to the running game, yeah, they're making some changes. At least at this point, they're not going to use a fullback. Yeah. And how can you backdoor Devlin? 
yeah, I, I'm curious how things change for you as a running back when you remove the fullback from the equation. I'm going to just say this. This is no knock against any fullback in the NFL. When me, I love J.D. Love J.D. Had some of my best games, best runs with J.D. If J.D. ain't in that backfield with me, I'd rather be there by myself. And it's not a lot of James Devlin's in the NFL. Actually, there's no James Devlin's in the NFL. <laughs> but he's one of those guys that could improvise on the fly. He knows what his blocking assignment is. He's going to make it. If somebody make a mistake, he might correct them. Like, he's the guy that gives you that full confidence and comfort, like comfortability in the backfield. If they was to take him out and try to put another guy in, I would be opposed to it. Like, I, I would rather be back there by myself, put another tight end on the line, whatever, whatever. I like being in the backfield by myself because it gives you a lot of extra room. You don't have to make the decision, you know, so quick because, you know, now you with, with a fullback, you might have to taper down your run a little bit, make sure that he gets where he's going and make sure that he's blocking the right person before you can make a decision, da da da, da. Well, without him, you know, you're getting the ball, and as you approach the line, the blocking scheme is just kind of unfolding in front of your face, you know, whether then you having to like make sure you look at this guy and make sure whenever he makes his block, that's when I can do my that's when I can do my thing mm -hmm. rather than keeping your eye on the whole O line. Like, OK, you know, I don't have nothing obstructing, obstructing my vision of the field. I like that approach. I ain't gonna lie. I, I love that approach about the, the no fullback is if you can't have a Devlin, then there's, there's no need to put one back there. I don't think it's coincidental that they decided to make the move a year or two after James hangs him up. I, I, same sort of question here with this. There are reports that the Patriots are utilizing more of a zone blocking scheme this year as opposed to more of a traditional setup. I'm wondering how that changes things for the running backs moving forward. You mean so traditional setup is like a like a duo? Yeah, like a duo or a, just a, or straight up man on man. Do you have to do anything or do you have to think about anything different when you're running behind a zone blocking scheme as opposed to just kind of a straight up blocking scheme? Oh, yeah. The blocking is the blocking is. Pretty much completely different. You know what I'm saying? You, you're trying to on an out, on, you know, let's let's just talk about an outside zone on an outside zone, quote unquote, you're trying to get the edge. Mm hmm. We can look at probably all the outside zones from the NFL last year, and I doubt 50% of them even got to the edge. These are NFL defensive ends you're talking about. So when it's when, when, and, and they're starting, they're starting the end. So they probably the studs on the team. So when you're trying to get somebody out there that's not Gronk or freaking Kelsey or Kittle or Wall, I don't know how good of a block Waller is. I ain't going to say that. But, you know, um, those big guys that could, you know, block D linemen, bro, you, you're not going to ever get the edge. You're never going to get the edge because you're talking about these guys hooking 280, 280-pound, 280 290-pound guys, you know, and, and these guys are obviously made to stop that from happening, you know, mm -hmm. contain the outside edge. So you got to look at that. You know, that's, that's a big thing, you know, because obviously these outside zones and stuff want to go to the edge. And, you know, if it don't, you know, the thing that you depend on now is all the interior blocking. Mm -hmm. If Brunk kick this guy out and I cut it up, and are these guys going to have these two linebackers right here and this backside be in? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to – there's different ways to, to, to look at that, you know, versus um, having a – I'm a pin-pull guy. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I like power. I like counter. I like duos with the double teams up to the backers. Like I like stuff like that. That's that's my bread and butter, I think. But you got your Arian Fosters out there, you know, outside zone guy. You got your Mark Ingram, outside zone guy. You know, these guys that that could run really well with that, you know, with with those, you know, David, whatever, Johnson or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got those guys that could do this. So I mean, if you do switch it up, you gotta find the guy that fits the mold. Do you think they have those guys there as, as currently constituted? I know there's some new faces. They drafted a couple of guys, but do you think they have the running backs capable of succeeding in his own blocking scheme? Yeah. Damien. Nice. Okay. Damien, Damien, hella nice. I like Damien. Um, I like Ramondre. Ramondre, Ramondre is nice. Um, you know, I can't say too much about, you know, too many of the other guys. But mm-hmm. those are the guys that I watch, you know, um, religiously when they play. Because, again, I'm a Patriots fan, but I, I, I like watching, you know, good backs in general. So um, I think they're going to do great with it. You know, I guess not having Ivan there, that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. Well, he's Ivan he's there, but no one's quite sure. Shadows. Yeah, he's he's kind of part of like, like Dante was when he, you know, Dante, a couple years ago when he retired and he would come back and it, it, it feels like Ivan's in that same kind of role. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, Ivan technically don't have a requirement to be there, I guess. He don't, he don't, he don't have to be there, mm-hmm. you know. But I know at the same time, he's been doing it for so long, it's kind of hard to break out of that habit. You want to make sure that, the, and he also probably want to make sure that the team is good before he just leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You want to make sure, like, okay, the bats is good. I had y'all for a couple of years. I want to make sure y'all good. I want to make sure y'all know this, that, and the other. Like, I probably really still in there coaching, to be real. But he mm-hmm. just ain't – He again, he just ain't obligated. He don't mm-hmm. got the obligation. He can go in and go and come as he please. But he, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that whenever they have a running back meeting and stuff, I go in there, you know. If he got a, if he got two cents or a say-so to, to put in there, he going to say it, and they going to respect it. You know, because, man, I haven't coached up some of the, you know, some of the nicest backs in the league, you know, including myself. And and he's, bro, he is a very detailed, extremely smart, and, and, and he don't take no bullshit, you know. So they need that. I think right now the running back coach is Joe Judge. All respect in the world of Joe, Joe Judge. But he's never played the position. He's never – I don't know if he's ever even coached the position. He's basically learning – as he goes, just like the backs are learning as they go, mm-hmm. you know, like not learning the offense, but I'm talking about the position. Well, this, so. this goes, this goes back to the whole idea too, that, that we've spent the better part of the spring and the summer debating who's calling the plays, who's right. in charge of what Patricia right. is calling some plays. He's also in charge of the offensive line, but Joe judge is also the quarterback's coach. So he has a say in this and it's going to be really interesting to see how it all kind of comes together. I have to imagine that we're going to, by the time the ball's kicked off in week one, we're going to find out a little bit more. Oh, yeah. And I think um, with that being said, man, I'm just <laughs> – so, listen, I don't – that, that's a weird combination of job titles, mm-hmm. you know, for these guys. I'm going to just say this. Uh, Joe Judge had Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones didn't do that well. But – the Giants suck. So, you know, that's kind of a kind of a toss-up. That's not to say that Joe Judge don't know what he's doing. 
that's not to say that he's dumb, da da da, because he's a smart guy. I've been around him; he's a smart guy. But um, again, man, you're putting him in a, in a in a position that, you know, I think they're going to win games strictly off the strength of the Patriot way, doing things the Patriot way. They're going to win games strictly off of that. I think Mac Jones coming from this is his second year, but coming from Alabama, I think he's one of those kids that knows how to prepare himself. He know how to get ready. He know to go watch film. Bro, he looked good last year. He did. He did look good he last did. year. He had a bit of a wall at the end of the year, but he did right. for three quarters of the year. He looked, he looked, he looked very good. Yeah, man, you can put him up there with any of the rookie guys that was playing well. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a, he's a good quarterback, bro. I like him a lot. And he's one of those guys that is, is, is really smart. He, he don't have to be the person that wins the game for you. You know, Kirk Cousin-esque. Which is cool, bro. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? I know guys, a lot of guys in the league knock on Kirk Cousins because he get the stigma. Oh, Kirk can't win a game for you. Kirk, da, 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 da. Kirk, Kirk Cousins going to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins throwing for 3,500, you know, 3,000, 4,000 yards. Kirk Cousins ain't throwing 20 picks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, so what's the hate on? I love Cousins, bro. I love Cousins because he don't turn the ball over. He don't bitch when he don't when he don't pass it thirty times. Mm-hmm. Like he just want to win football games, bro. And if Mac Jones coming from that Alabama background, if that followed him to the league, that's all he want to do. That's all he wants to do. He want to win football games, bro. I don't have to throw it thirty times. I don't have to throw it twenty five times. I can throw it seventeen times and hit it off forty times. Mm-hmm. As long as we win, I'm good. And that's the approach that I feel like they need to have with Mac. They gotta, they gotta help him understand that. You know what I'm saying? He's still a young guy. So they gotta help him understand that, hey, bro, do what you can con- control what you can control. Whenever your number is called to throw the rock, do that. Don't throw no pigs, don't turn it over. We're gonna be always be in a good position to win games. He also created a very nice financial template for Mac to follow, too, because he cashed in a couple of years ago in a big way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he did. So if Mac can if yeah. Mac can stay on that path, man, that's a that's, that's, that's a real good path for him to follow. I want to I want to kind of wrap things up this week by asking about James White. In my experience, having covered him, he was one of the most singularly dependable guys on that roster. Hey, on the field, off the field, talked in good times and bad. I remember after the, the AFC Championship game loss in Denver, he answered every question. He answered every question after winning the Super Bowl. In, in that level of consistency for me as a reporter, really speaks to his character as a teammate. What was he like? And if you have any of your favorite James White stories, let me hear at least one. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, James, James is a, he's, he's pretty quiet. He's pretty laid back. Like he don't party, don't go to clubs. Um, not really a drinker. You know what I'm saying? Like he, <laughs> James, I mean, we both, so me, me and James both came from a Christian family. All right. We, we, we understand, we understand the values. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of all of it, you know, but I still drink a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a heavy drinker. I still drink a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, occasionally I smoke a little bit, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Not a, none of that. Only time I ever seen James really drink was at the Super Bowl parades. And, uh, Maybe have a drink, maybe if we come watch, come over to my house or something and watch Monday Night Football or mm-hmm. something like that. But uh, 
I remember one of the first times we got a victory Monday in New England. This is one of the first times. I want to say, uh... <laughs> no, nah, nah, it wasn't the first time. It was probably like, probably like my second year there or whatever. Um, and we got a victory Monday. And you know, James don't, you know, he don't, he humble. He don't walk around the locker room clowning and joking. He just, he, he worked. He talked to me, James. He talked to me, Brandon, and Dion. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, he get along with everybody, but you know that, hey man, what's up? Da, 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 what y'all doing after that? So, and he's quiet, bro. So I'm like, man, James, bro, how you feel about the victory money? My dog started dancing. I don't know what, <laughs> I think the dance is called Hit Them Folks. My dog started dancing. Ugh, ugh, victory Monday. Ugh, ugh. I'm like, bro, come on, turn up with me. I ain't never see you turn up. Ugh. He's like, yeah, yeah, boy, victory Because in New England, bro, them victory Mondays is few and far in between. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to win three or four games in a row to get one victory Monday. Like, Whereas in if you're in Pittsburgh or if you're in Tampa, you know, places like that, man, you win that Sunday, I see y'all on Wednesday. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or something like that. You know, you win that first game in New England, they're going to be like, uh, hey, I'll see y'all tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Good game, fellas. We won. You know, y'all went out there and showed up. I'll see you tomorrow. Second week. We looking at a bill like, hey, bro, we, we just blowed out two teams, you know. In the last week, we just scored 60 points. The other team just scored 12. Yeah, you guys think y'all deserve a victory Monday? Everybody like, hell yeah. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Like, damn. So then <laughs> that week three came around, boy. And we I think, I think it, uh, I think we I don't know who we played, but we beat the crap out of somebody. And we finally got that victory Monday. And Slate went out there. He was like, "Hey, Bill." He walked over there and told him, "Like, hey, Bill, man, I think we, I think we should, you know, what I'm saying that's, I think we deserve it now." Da da da. You know, Slater, one of the captains. Mm-hmm. And I said, "I think we deserve it now." Da, da, da. So uh, they did a little breakdown and stuff. And then uh, Bill kind of it got quiet, and Bill kind of looked around like, "All right, I'll see y'all Wednesday." <laughs> oh, everybody turned up. Hey, Jay started doing his dance. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, you know, he, like I said, man, he's a quiet guy. He's humble. You know, he's down to earth. and He's a good dude. But, uh, you know, that was that was one of the few times that I done seen him really get turned up, you know what I'm saying, and enthusiastic. Because even after he, even after he scored the game winning Super Bowl, you know, he did the little run and got the out of y'all, you know, and I kind of tapped him and jumped on him and hugged him and stuff that like was, that. That was, that was my favorite. That was one of my favorite memories where you just absolutely leveled him. You yeah. came flying off the sidelines and you just knocked him sideways. Yeah, and jumped on top of him too. Two hundred fifty pounds. I didn't even care at the time. Huh, it's all good, dog. We won. Let's go. You did your thing. And he was just like, you know, he was kind of like in disbelief, you know. So I, and when I got up, you know, I gave, I tried to give him a hand to help him up, but he was just kind of laying there like this. So I grabbed him by the inside of the shoulder pads, and I picked him up, put him on his feet. Let's go, dog. You know, everybody came out and congratulated him and stuff, and he was just humble James. He was the same guy. He was the same same guy. guy. He he answered, I remember after that game, the questions and the way he responded to questions, it was the same way as if you guys had just beaten the Dolphins in week five. Right. And it wasn't, he wasn't, he was trying hard to be humble. And, you know, but he, we all kind of understood the magnitude of the moment, but he still was just like. Yeah, straight. 
Straight like forward. a mill pond, just, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's, and that's who he was. And that was one of the reasons he was so consistent. He was so dependable. He was so easy to talk to, yeah. especially as a reporter in one-on-one situations where you could put the, you know, put the pad away and put the, put the pen away and say, okay, what am right. I seeing here? Help me understand. And you would be able, you'd be able to talk to him like that. That's a tough gig. I, I'm, last question. I want to kind of follow up on that a little bit. That third down job in new England. It's a tough job. Shane Vereen, Kevin Falk, Dion, kind of, you know, Danny Woodhead. If you could give the next guy advice in terms of how to handle that job, that third down back job, that pass catcher, that guy who, you know, when Mac is faced with a third and six, he's got to find someone out of the backfield. What would you tell that? What would you tell that running back? Be as consistent as possible and know everything you can possibly know about your pass protection. They're not letting you on the field if you can't protect the quarterback. Mm -hmm. It don't matter how good of a route you can run. It don't matter if you know the routes. It don't matter if you catch the ball like Randy Moss. It don't matter. As a running back, if you can't protect the quarterback, they're not going to play you. They're not going to – you can't be out there. You got to know the protections. As a third down back – that's where that's where James excelled at. Picking up the blitz. Oh, the blitz coming from backside. Run across. Pick it up. Boom. Shane. Oh, the, a, 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 a backer blitzing. Keeping the bull wrestling. Sit down. Boom. Pick him up. You know what I'm saying? K. Feezy. Feezy, Feezy picking up blocks and then going out for the screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you, you, <laughs> these guys that we just named are in a special pot of their own you gotta again uh, you gotta be a really special guy to go to new england and start as the third down back you have to be you have to be a special guy to do that because it's hard to do extremely hard to do because not only do you got to know the plays for the first and second down but you got to know all the stuff for the third down too you got to know all the formations for the third down packages you got to know all the you know, you gotta know everything, and and for some people, it can be a, a it can be a massive brain overload. Like, it could it could mess you up. You know, like mentally, it'll put you in a. If you can't keep up with it, it'll put it could probably put you in a bad spot to where you like, dang, bro, do I even want to try to continue to be a third down back? You know what I'm saying? Like, but James, Shane, Dion, even Brandon Bolden. Be, be a three-down back. Brandon Bolden was a three-down back. He can go in there on first, second, and third, and he knew everything. Absolutely everything. He knew it all. So, you know, these guys are, I mean, just unfortunate that he didn't, he, he don't get the opportunities, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just so stacked in the backfield. We had mm-hmm. me, him, Dion, James, and Jonas Gray at one point. You know, that. John, shout out to Jonas, man. Shout out to my dog, man. He rushed for 200 yards in the game, bro. We got to get him on. I ain't never did that, bro. I ain't never did that. I came about 11 yards short. You did. You came times. close. You came close once, like you said, 11 yards, but you never – 200 yards in one night, man. That's monstrous. Ooh. That's monstrous. That's monstrous because <laughs> I ain't had a 200-yard game since high school. So – Whenever you see a 200-yard game by a running back in the league, man, I don't care. I don't care if it's against the Jets, the Dolphins, Cleveland. I don't care who it's against. A 200-yard game, bro, is special. I don't care who it's against. 
So I, I that's why I get a respect to my dog. You know what I'm saying? Now, now when I got there, you know, when I got there, it was it was mine for the taking, you know, because I'm me. Mm -hmm. I, man, I gotta get Jonas on here, bro. Cause we'll talk. We do. We gotta get Jonas on this. Cause I man, look, I, dog, I have man. a million questions for Jonas Gray because he had one of the most <laughs> fascinating career arcs maybe ever of anyone in a New England uniform. So yes. maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll do that next time. LG, man, this has been great. Thank you so much as always. I appreciate it, Chris. Man, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.